Welcome to Care Talk, the Assurance Home Care Show. Get the answers you need about home care and all things related to senior health and help the seniors in your life live safely in the home they love. This is Care Talk on News Talk 580 CFRA. Good afternoon and welcome to Care Talk with Assurance Home Care, the show where we talk about aging, home care, and the seniors in your life. Make sure that you join them on their website, assurancehomecare.ca, while you're listening to the show. And you can also check out Assurance Home Care on social media. On Instagram, you search for Assurance Home Care. On Twitter and Facebook, just a little different. Assurance Home CA is what you need to search for there. And you can always call them too. In Toronto and Niagara, it's the same number, 647 370 1412. And in Ottawa, it's 613 706 0411. I'm Mel Roy with the co owner of Assurance Home Care, Chris McGinn. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Mel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, we get a lot of questions about dementia. So we sure do. <laughs> I know that uh, it's good to dedicate a show to dementia. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, um, yeah, lots of questions coming in about dementia. Every week we have one, I think, um, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of our listener questions and, and, a, and a few requests along the way to that. We, I think we've dedicated at least um, one and a half shows uh, so far yeah. in the last few months just to dementia. So I'm happy to do that again. And, um, you know, it, I guess it speaks to um, the fact that we, we um, our, our population is aging, as, mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. and um, dementia then continues to rise. So, the increase uh, in dementia cases, incidence of dementia, according to the experts, is due to growth in Canada's senior population, which uh, is expected to rise actually 68% over the next 20 years. That's that's the senior population mm-hmm. statistic. And so we also know that age um, is a risk factor, one of the many risk factors for for developing dementia. But uh, so age is is one. So it makes sense that it's on the rise as our population is 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 getting older so right. today to your point mel we are going to focus on on dementia so in terms of what is dementia what can we do to help our loved ones with this diagnosis where right. can i turn mm-hmm. that kind of thing okay so i mean let's start at the basics then can you give us an overview of exactly what dementia is yeah, well, exactly what dementia is, I'm not so sure, but <laughs> <laughs> since there's so much that's uh, about dementia that is still unknown, right? And so much about the brain, in fact. True. Um, so, yeah, but um, uh, it, basically, dementia results from uh, a physical disease that damages our our brain, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially, it's it's you know an umbrella term that's that's um, that we give to a set of symptoms that affect brain function. Okay, and so you know. Yeah, so like the brain um, is the most complex organ in our bodies. And in fact, it's also the most complex structure in the universe. Really? Yeah, for sure. And and so the brain controls all functions of our body. Um, It interprets information. It causes, um, um, you know, uh, our body to react to incoming things from our environment Mm -hmm. and, um, and from the outside world. So, but we still don't know a lot about the brain. And I'm, I'm, when I say we, I mean I mean the people who study this for a living still right. don't know a ton. They're learning everything, uh, you know, 
new things all the time, but but it's there's so much that's still misunderstood or not understood. Mm-hmm. And um, but we do know that when cells in the brain become damaged uh, by disease, that connections break down, and 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 that's where dementia can can result. Or the term dementia comes in. Okay. And um, so the location of the the breakdown uh, often determines the symptoms that you have. So um, yeah, so that's. Uh, that's the basics. That's the basics, okay. yeah. I, I sort of think about it to myself as like, because I'm a visual thinker, I'm sort of thinking of like, you know, wires unplugged or something. Exactly. You know, it's like you can't quite make the connection in the brain. That's right. It, yeah. Exactly. So when cells get, when, when nerve cells get damaged um, from whatever disease or whatever, then then for sure they don't send the signals in the proper, necessarily in the proper place. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so so um, that affects things. Okay. Affects, yeah, all kinds of things. Okay. So I, I mean, just for the sake of, of, you know, putting this in layman's terms and, and answering you know, people's questions, because I'm sure everyone is just like, okay, well, what's the difference between is, is Alzheimer's a different disease than dementia? Or is it a type of dementia? Because we hear a lot about dementia, and we hear a lot about Alzheimer's. Actually, is it Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's? There's Alzheimer's, you okay. can say it, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the difference is, and that's true, um, it, um, Alzheimer's uh, it has its own month. You know, I think yeah. January is Alzheimer's month, yeah. yeah. And um, um, the reason why it has its own month is is it is a form of dementia. So as I was mentioning, dementia is an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, but there are many types of dementia. And... Um, Alzheimer's is the most common type of dementia. So I think that's why people refer to it. So, okay. But each type of dementia has its own um, patterns, if you will, that, that are associated with it. And so for the purposes of um, simplicity, for instance, uh, like each, each individual um, um, uh, dementia type has, has um, its own, like, uh, like I said, its own patterns. But for instance, if you were, if you had... Um, some a dementia that affected the back of your brain. So the back of our brain is our is our vision center. Okay. And it, it controls your vision, of course, but it also controls voluntary movement. And so dementia in that part of the brain um, can translate into things like difficulty being able to read words um, wow. a, as well as mobility. So things like climbing stairs because of that voluntary movement. So um um, and then, and then, similarly, damage caused by like dementia in the frontal or temporal lobes of the brain can mm-hmm. result in in extreme changes in behavior and personality. For example, like inappropriate social behavior or loss of empathy. So, um, Alzheimer's, being the most common, is uh, caused by um, a, a, a buildup of protein that's referred to plaque um, in, in the in the brain, and it can be dispersed in in different parts of the brain and uh yeah wow okay so so i beg your pardon and have and and then result in issues in those parts of the brain yeah okay sorry about that (laughs) that's okay Um, so so there's there's alzheimer's but what other types what other types of dementias what other kinds of dementia are there 
Um, okay, so the, there's a few different ty- well, there's there's many different types of it, but there's mm-hmm. another common one called um, vascular dementia. Okay, and vascular dementia is um, essentially results results from a lack of oxygen to the brain, such as things caused that, that cause that are are heart heart issues like atrial fibrillation. Fibrillation. Excuse me. Um, that fibrillation. Yes. Um, that's like an abnormal beating of of the heart. So um, and and stroke. Um, so other heart and other heart issues can can cause what's called vascular dementia. Okay. Um, yeah. And so then there's a there's a form of dementia called mixed dementia. Uh, that's just like where one there's more than one type um, happening at the same time. So the most common combination is uh, Alzheimer's vascular is the mm. most common kind okay. of mixed. And then there's dementia with Lewy bodies. That's pro- Lewy bodies are protein deposits on the brain um, that cause damage and death to the nerve cells. And so um, that can change uh, in, you know, cause changes in attention, um, can cause problems with sleep and hallucinations and, um, and people can develop Parkinson-like symptoms like shaking or slow movements in that one. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, frontal temporal lobe uh, dementia is another type. I think I mentioned that earlier. And that's where there's a severe shrinkage of shrinkage of brain tissue and death of the nerve cells in the frontal and temporal lobe. And, and as I was mentioning, that can cause changes in behavior and personality and sometimes inappropriate social behavior is, is, a, is an example of of um, a presentation where there's frontal or temp- frontal temporal lobe dementia okay um, things like loss of empathy for other people and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so I mean yeah I guess the next question that I'd have to ask after that after hearing about all these different kinds of dementia and, and you know all the the different symptoms that you can experience potentially is dementia a normal part of aging? No, it is not. And so uh, it is important to know that that dementia is not a part of the normal aging process. So mm-hmm. it is a disease that is diagnosed by a doctor. Um, and as we age, though, our ability to reason, our memory, our ability to process information as quickly as we did in our youth, um, these things naturally decline. But that is that is completely normal. And so it, it may be annoying when you're misplacing your key. <laughs> or you go into a room and you say, "Oh, why was I here again? I can't remember." Or you know, you've you know you've met a friend of a friend at a party, but you see them and you recognize the face, but you don't know the name. Those things are all um, normal. I mean, they can be annoying, yes. um, but but the the I guess the distinction, uh, the the big distinction between uh, normal cognitive decline and dementia cognitive decline uh, is 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 the fact that um, uh, normal cognitive decline does not interfere much with your ability uh, to function independently and safely in your life Mm -hmm. the same way a diagnosis of dementia would. And also, um, when it comes to normal cognitive decline, although it can be progressive, it's not... it's not. It doesn't follow the same um, necessary pattern that, that, say, a dementia would, whether you see a drastic decline, um, a progressive dr- drastic decline in that. So, um, cognitive decline uh, in as a part of the normal aging function is more of a, a slow, gradual, just you know, 
um, process. So uh, dementia is a progressive disease uh, that does become worse in time and and, uh, has the impact on our personality and our intelligence and our emotions. And that's also unique um, where cognitive decline doesn't necessarily have those features. Okay. So we're going to go into a little bit more about that, how you can, you know, tell the difference between normal, you know, over time cognitive decline versus dementia after the break. But uh, while you're waiting for us to come back, please make sure to go to assurancehomecare.ca. Their website is so excellent and they've got some great testimonials from both clients and caregivers there. You can also give Assurance Home Care a call. If you're in Ottawa, it's 613-706-0411. In Toronto and Niagara, it's 647 647- Three seven zero fourteen twelve, and uh, by the way, if you have any questions, specific questions, you can email them to us. Questions at assurancehomecare.ca. We have a few to answer at the end of the show today, so you're welcome to add more. We'd love to hear from you. You're you're listening to Care Talk with Assurance Home Care, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Care Talk, the Assurance Home Care Show on News Talk five eighty. CFRA. Welcome back. You're listening to Care Talk with Assurance Home Care. I'm Mel Roy, joined by Assurance Home Care's co-owner, Chris McGinn. She is ready to talk about all those important parts of aging and home care and the seniors in your life. And of course, today we are talking about dementia and all the things that have to do with dementia. And uh, Chris and I, before the break, we were talking about, you know, some of the some of the early signs of dementia. And we wanted to get into that a little bit more, Chris. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what what can you do to sort of spot the early signs of dementia if you're concerned about yourself or a loved one? You know, what, what would you look for? Yeah, so, um, you know, I guess as a family member, you... Um, uh, may want to look at, uh, you know, if you're if you're visiting, if you're able to visit, mm-hmm. um, and things are opening up, so that's nice, and we yes. should be able to visit now. <laughs> um, you can you can look for things like, um, you know, signs that they may not be eating. Some people just forget to eat, and that can be a sign um, that cognitively they're, they're just forgetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, on that same note, you can look in the fridge to see if maybe things are going rotten, or if maybe it's very sparse because they're forgetting to do grocery shopping, or don't feel comfortable leaving the house. Some people, um, when they're feeling, um, uh, you know, their their cognition slipping, uh, they'll become insular. So they'll stop emailing friends or reaching out to friends. So those are also things that you can look for. Um, some of the common signs, of course, uh, memory loss. We all we all uh, associate that with with uh, dementia. Um, and you know, I guess the difference in the memory loss is is um, you know if you walk into a room and you say, oh, "Now why was I here?" Sometimes we have to go back into the last room we were in and go, "Oh, that's why I was." <laughs> going into that room you know that's that's a normal part of of memory loss but walking into a room and then and then you know um for instance it being feeling like an unfamiliar environment altogether that's that's a different story and that would be where you would want to um question maybe a dementia diagnosis Mm -hmm. um difficulty performing familiar tasks so maybe uh you you see when you're spending time with your loved one um um just like you know uh 
trying to let's see i'm trying to use an example putting the putting the milk in a cupboard instead of in the fridge would be an example of you know something that they should know how to do but they're forgetting so um or if you have forgotten how to do it um problems with language so um um not being able to speak uh the you know words that that um normally are are fluid um and uh, or problems expressing uh, their thoughts, things like that, that can be a sign. Uh, disorientation to time and place is definitely a sign. So not remembering what uh, time of day or or day of the week or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, poor decreased d- judgment. So that would be um, you, you go over there on a nice, warm, sunny summer day and, and your loved one has a winter coat on and a toque. Right. Um, that would be a poor judgment for the weather, dressing up for the weather. Um, um, uh, problems with abstract thinking, so just being able to, you know, um, like put things into a sequence and, and, and think about the why you're doing things and um, the how at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Uh, misplacing things can be a, a sign, um, although not always because we all misplace things <laughs> once in a while. So it's just to be careful, just to put it on your radar, mm-hmm. but it may, may or may not be a sign. Mm-hmm. And um, changes in mood and behavior. So, um, you know, sometimes... Um, personality not personality but mood changes so they get really quiet some people with dementia get quiet okay. uh, um, or, or behavior sometimes they they get erratic I once had a, had a client that um, um, started coloring on all her walls wow and um, yeah yeah and obviously that's not um, what I would consider in the normal realm no. um, <laughs> uh, but it was yeah she started to color all over her walls and uh, and she considered it art she really felt like um, like it was art um, but it was a new behavior and, and very uncharacteristic so when checking in with her family it was not something that they would normally have expected from her right um, and and loss of initiative so just you know, like I said you know stop um, someone who's who's used to getting on the phone once a week with you all of a sudden just does, stops calling um, someone who regularly emails who doesn't email it's just a nice time to, to check in it could be also various reasons um, loneliness and you know all all you know something mental health related but it could also be dementia wow uh, so those are some of the big um, early signs okay you watch for I, I, you know I can't I can't imagine what it must feel like to actually have dementia I mean I would never know unless I had it myself and but I mean, in your experience with your clients, Chris, do you think you can give us an idea of what it might be like? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. none of us can, right? I mean, unless you've had, say, a concussion or something where you've had that sense of feeling of confusion or and being aware at a certain level but not being able to act or, or uh, you know, act appropriately, mm-hmm. Um I can't imagine, but I, I remember uh, reading something once about dementia and it being um, compared to having a general anesthetic. Have you ever had a general anesthetic before? No. <laughs> okay, so yeah. so you can't relate to this, but um, uh, but but those who have had a general anesthetic can. So you know, you go for surgery, uh, you're put out completely, and then you're in the recovery room. And when you're in the recovery room, coming out of a general anesthetic. Um, it, it's a common experience that you can hear the nurse. There's a, there's this period of awareness where you can hear the nurse um, and what she's saying or what he or she is saying to you, but you can't quite quite process the actual message that they're trying to deliver. Hmm. And so 
some people in that situation um, try to respond, and and sometimes the response is is completely off the wall, right? <laughs> it's not an appropriate response for what what was actually uh, said, and and I kind of uh, I like that that description that I read um, somewhere, and I wish I remembered where I could share it, but I don't. Um, but I like that because a lot of people can relate to that feeling, mm-hmm. and um, but you know I guess the bottom line is that. We do all um, pride ourselves in being being in control of both our thoughts and feelings, and yeah, so, yeah. so um, um, with dementia, though that's not always the case. And so, I can only imagine that um, when when you feel like things are getting out of control, that that you start to probably feel confused at the very least, mm-hmm. and then. Um, very anxious, I would imagine, and we do see this with clients. Anxiety is a common feature of people suffering uh, from dementia, and um, and then a feeling of like disorientation. And so it, it sometimes comes out in it, these kinds of things come out in in what's referred to as challenging behaviors. Right. And yeah, so it's really helpful to keep in mind that if you have a loved one who has dementia who then presents as very angry or very frustrated. That behind that uh, presentation is probably someone who, on some level, is fearful and anxious about something. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I would encourage people to do is then look at things like: Did they sleep well last night? Is there a lot of commotion going on in the home today? Is there a big change that's come up in their routine that might, you know, some of these things may ex- explain that behavior. And, um, you know, what I always say, and I've said it before, Mel, and is, is every behavior is an expression of a need. Right. And so, yeah, and so the idea is to tap into what is this, this, this behavior is what I see, but what, what is behind this behavior? What is going on with them that is causing them to feel, um, you know, shaky about what, what, what's going on right now in terms of, and then, and then that shows up, you know, that's really the root of that is usually a fear or, mm-hmm. or, a feeling of anxiety and so so really a lot of empathy is required when you're dealing with um, with some of those challenging behaviors and, the, and and I guess just an awareness and a recognition that that there's often um, you know something behind that so so not to respond to the behavior but to go fishing for the need is kind of the big message that I would leave there <laughs> <laughs> well and I suppose to be as as cool and calm as possible when trying to to address that particular issue in the moment as well yeah. right yes and 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 yes thanks thanks for bringing that up because also body <laughs> language you know is yes. super important so if you if you are um have a relaxed face and and you're not clenching your jaw because you're so angry at the person for that behavior <laughs> and and you know keeping your arms relaxed and your shoulders relaxed and sp- speaking in a nice calm um, voice uh, and a reassuring tone um, and and if you're close enough to that person using some gentle touch and just simply saying things like you're safe with me it's okay I, I I'm here and you know those kinds of things are very reassuring uh, for people and sometimes that's all it takes it's very important yeah yeah um, we will be talking more about dementia here on Care Talk with Assurance Home Care in just a moment. Stay with us, and uh, if you have any burning questions that you need answered ASAP, you can call them in Toronto and Niagara at 647-370-1412 or in Ottawa at 613-706-0411. We'll be back in just a moment with Care Talk with Assurance Home Care. Welcome back to Care Talk, the Assurance Home Care Show. 
on News Talk 580 CFRA. This is Care Talk with Assurance Home Care. I'm Mel Roy, joined by Chris McGinn, the co-owner of Assurance Home Care. Make sure you follow along. You can check out social media. Facebook and Twitter is Assurance Home CA. Instagram is Assurance Home Care. And of course, they have an excellent website, assurancehomecare.ca. We'll be answering some questions soon. You still have time to get them in if you got if you have one. I was about to say if you've got one. Um, <laughs> questions at assurancehomecare.ca. So, Chris, we're talking about dementia today, and uh, we were talking about, you know, just, oh, I mean, as close as you can find the analog to what it must feel like to have dementia, which it just sounds really scary to me. Mm-hmm, me too. Say. Yeah. And me I mean, what, what should you do, though, if, if you suspect that, you know, maybe you or one of your loved ones has dementia? What, where do you go? What do you talk, like, who do you talk to? Yeah. That, that's a great question, Mel. And I think the first place that you want to go is is um, to a doctor to mm-hmm. try to get a diagnosis and find out for sure if this is, um, you know, dementia or something else, you know. Um, so um, go to a medical professional, your treating physician, and um, get a what we consider would be a guess, best guess diagnosis. And so mm-hmm. it's important to know that there is no one test to determine if someone has dementia. And like really? I was saying, the brain is such a complex structure. Mm. Um, we don't know a lot about the brain. We don't know um, what causes dementia. So it is difficult when you're looking to diagnose something. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, I guess the doctors will, will uh, go fishing um, for for information that will help them with that best guess. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the things that they'll, they will look at is things like medical history. And so is there a history of heart disease? So then they might they might lean to, oh, well, maybe this is a vascular uh, dementia. Um, a physical examination, for instance, um, is, is an important piece of information. And um, uh, laboratory tests uh, for all kinds of things, sometimes to rule out that it's not something else. Okay. And, um, and they'll ask lots of questions, um, likely, to see how your, you or your loved one is, is functioning cognitively. And so the family doctor may also refer you or your loved one, in whatever case it is, um, for what's called a geriatric assessment. And um, geriatric assessments use a an interprofessional approach to diagnosis, and, and they suggest interventions or re- have recommendations at the end. So the interprofessional approach includes um, individuals like a nurse, um, a geriatrician, a, an occupational therapist and a physiotherapist, and sometimes there's other people um, that are that join the team, okay. um, but those are the core people who then would do their each individual um, assessments from their looking from their own lens of specialty, and um, and then do they collectively come together to develop a coordinated coordinated plan of care um, to maximize your overall um, health, and so um, it, you know the, they're also useful in other areas. So geriatric assessments um, are used for much, much, you know, different scenarios other than dementia, Mm -hmm. but they can be used for dementia as well. And um, so, for instance, if you're uh, you have an aging loved one who is becoming frail, who has decided to remain, um, you know, their wish is to remain at home until end of life. Sometimes they'll they'll your family doctor will recommend a geriatric assessment. So they're looking through all the different specialty lenses to see um, how you function in the home environment and what might be useful for you in terms of what you might need going forward. And so then after 
you receive that best guess diagnosis, um, it is important to build your team. So the thing is, is that there are different forms, uh, types of dementia that we mentioned um, in the first segment, uh, but there there aren't a lot of like there's no there's no cure for dementia. So no. we know that it's it's progressive, and um, um, and so because dementia can be uh, challenging. Um, especially as as it progresses and and some level of specialty is is almost always uh, required so build your team so build your care team so your care team should include um, um, obviously family members are important people of, in the care team mm-hmm. but also um, your physicians uh, if you decide to use uh, physiotherapy or occupational therapy on an ongoing basis those those are important members of the team and of course if your loved one is needing um, care such as personal support or companionship if you work outside the home and your loved one you're living with your loved one but you need that support uh, during the daytime hours for whatever reason um, then a, then a, um, a trusted uh, care company like Assurance Home Care uh, would be a valuable member to have on your team as well and so um, you know when you're when you're a family member though um, building your team we we see a lot of families um, you know wanting to do the right thing as being the the first the first responders in the family and being there for their loved ones yeah um, but what also happens is unfortunately is you end up playing a lot of roles that you've never played before perhaps and that maybe you're not good at you're not skilled at <laughs> um, your your intentions are always in the right place but but yeah. you know things like you have to be the safety police in some cases some dementia clients wander um, <clears throat> some have difficult um, um, or challenging behaviors like I mentioned and they require a specific approach and if that's not your um, cup of tea you know um, can, because you're also emotionally invested when you're a child too if it's in the case of it's a child looking after a parent um, those emotions interfere with responses sometimes right and um, and so so <clears throat> it's, it's important to to build a team that you can a trust and B that has the right skill set that can step in when when you need them and so um, um, yeah, so the, so the, that's what I would recommend is that uh, is that you get a best guess diagnosis and then build a trusted team okay. so that you're not alone. Because what happens with families too is if you're uh, emotionally involved and invested, plus you're playing all these roles, plus trying to manage your own life. Well, guess what? You're gonna there's there's <laughs> burnout burn out. in yeah. your future. <laughs> yeah, there's also you know um, damaging the relationship that you have with your loved one mm-hmm. and things like resentment come come flooding in. You know, we see this in in families and and quite understandable. But um, but it's just a word of caution to just build your team early and then you can activate it when you like. Absolutely, when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I have to I have to ask because you know I think a lot of we've we've spoken about this before in past shows where you know most people assume that you know if if someone that you know and care about has a dementia diagnosis it automatically means that you need to be placed in a long term care home and you know we've we've debunked that myth mm-hmm. but I mean what <clears throat> what can like you mentioned assurance mm-hmm. home care helping out to to sort of provide that that buffer to prevent you know resentment and and burnout and whatnot but like what exactly yeah. can assurance home care do to help keep people experiencing dementia in their homes longer and more safe you know over that time what what, yeah. what can, what can um, we do well you know what we do is um 
is uh, we have a full suite of services, mm-hmm. and we customize those services to match the needs of the the unique needs and unique circumstances of each individual. Mm-hmm. And so depending on what the needs are of the individual, we would then match that to the skills of the caregiver. And um, we also try to look forward so we know that dementia is a progressive disease right. and consistency in caregivers is super important at, at any stage and age of life. It's one of the things that we always look for in our caregivers is someone who can stay with a care plan and be cons- that consistent person. Um, but with dementia, it's super important. I mean, even more important to have that consistency. Right. And so we look forward to what's coming up as best we can and choose caregivers that will be able to be consistent as needs change. And so um, always, though, especially with dementia clients, um, there's there's safety. So we want to, you know, safety is a big concern in some instances. And, and there's personal care needs and assistance wherever and whenever needed in the home. While encouraging Encouraging the person to remain independent as much as they can until they can't um, uh, anymore. And so we also want to encourage the person to play and celebrate each day because for someone suffering from dementia, what they have is in the moment, you know. And so many of us live with this future-driven um mindset but but yeah. dementia suffers in particular it's all about the day and we want to really uh celebrate each day and encourage you know things like spontaneity where appropriate and and certainly self expression and um our focus is always on creating a joyful experience in the moment and there's nothing wrong with with making somebody's day fun you know <laughs> so the focus is often on just having some laughs some good times um, and sharing experiences in the moment. I think that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's really great. I do too. Yeah. Uh, we will be right back. Uh, if you want to check out assurancehomecare.ca during the break, we would definitely welcome that. But stay with us. We will be back in just a moment with Care Talk with Assurance Home Care. Welcome back to Care Talk, the Assurance Home Care Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. This is Care Talk with Assurance Home Care. I'm Mel Roy, joined by Chris McGinn, the co-owner of Assurance Home Care. Give them a call in Toronto and Niagara, 647-370-1412. In Ottawa, it's 613-706-0411. Today, Chris and I have been talking about dementia, but right now it's time for listener questions, and you can still send them in to us, questions at assurancehomecare.ca. Chris, are you ready for the uh, listener questions for today? I am super excited. Okay. So our first question is uh, from an anonymous listener, and they ask, well, they actually say, Mom's had a few falls. I'm looking for ways that I can help prevent more falls in the home. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question, and um, and very relevant to our senior population. So, um, yeah, the risk of falls uh, increases as uh, the older we get, and, um, and 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 falls are one of those things that can really change the trajectory of of a person's life, right? So you mm-hmm. fall, you break a hip, and and um, recovering from thing from falls is is uh, is um, takes longer yeah. uh, the older you are, and um, and sometimes people never 
fully recover from from those events. And so you're you're quite smart to try to get in front of it and and to uh, prevent um, future falls. And you know, um, in answering this question, I think it's important to know that um, falls are often have multiple factors at play uh, when someone's falling. So the fact that your mom's had already, I think you mentioned a couple of falls, mm-hmm. um, uh, tells me that there might be more than one thing going on. So for instance, if, if it, were, it was a one-off, I would expect to hear my mom tripped on the carpet and fell. Um, that's what I would consider a one-off. But if, if there's multiple falls happening, there's probably more coming up, and it would be good to get to, to know what the source of it is. So oftentimes they're multifactorial. And so what comes into play with uh, people who start a series of multiple falls over time is um, things like chronic conditions, um, and that could range. Whatever the chronic condition is could could be a contributor to to, um, uh, a fall in whatever way it presents. So it could be weakness. Chronic condition causes weakness. Weakness causes falls. So that that kind of thing. Um, There's also many things that happen uh, with regards to the natural aging process uh, that make us more prone to fall. So our muscle muscle strength isn't as great, our agility, our, our um, ability to um, uh, react quickly to, to situations, uh, flexibility, these all change and, and de- decrease over the older we get. And that makes us more at risk for falls. There's also sensory issues that occur with age. So, you know, um, our hearing and our eyesight change over time and, and um, decline and puts us more at risk. Um, you know, there's also, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at causes of falls, it could be, you know, is, is your mom having, um, you know, uh, strokes, mini strokes. Uh, some people, that when they go in for investigative uh, work after a couple of falls, they find out that, that, that um, you know, that's what's causing the falls. Mm. And so my point being, you know, it's not so simple just to go in and move the carpets in some cases or to put more lighting in. Sometimes you want to, you want to engage your medical team, your your mom's medical team, to find out why. What, you know, what else could be at play here that's resulting in in making this uh, an issue now. And so. Um, one thing that could help is a geriatric assessment, which we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. where you get that multidisciplinary approach to to looking at um, your mom's uh, mobility from a physiotherapy standpoint, her ability to function in her home environment, which is occupational therapist, the geriatrician that would look at um, chronic conditions and that, their, that impact, um, that kind of thing. And um, there's also... Uh, um, so, so a geriatric assessment could help uh, identify those things and also provide you with recommendations on how to get in front of those. There's also um, programs out there um, that are part of our government-funded system that are um, in the fall prevention category. So there's fall prevention programs that exist within each city um, that you could maybe get on a wait list for that, that um, help your mom with things like balance and exercise training. But in a program ways. So, you know, it's a stepwise process to to uh, increasing strength and, and balance so that so that um, so that falls become less of an issue. 
And so those are some of the things you can do. And certainly at the end of the day, if you need care so that your mom is safe in the home, so maybe she's doing some activities that put her at high risk of falls, or until you get the geriatric assessment, you're worried about her doing some things in the home. That would be a case to engage a company like Assurance Home Care, and we could put in care uh, while you're going through all these investigations um, and beyond if you need it um, to to just help her uh, stay as safe as possible in the home. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you'd like to follow up with that, if uh, if you do all of the investigations that you need and you still are looking for some care afterwards, you can call Assurance Home Care at uh, 613-706-0411 if you're in Ottawa or if you and your mom are in Toronto or Niagara, it's 647-370-1412. Um, we've got another question, actually, that, that actually has to do with the dementia topic that we were talking about earlier today. Sure. This comes from Linda. Uh, Linda says, I have trouble getting my mom in the bath. She has dementia. Can Assurance mm-hmm. Home Care help, help with that? Yeah, we can. We certainly can. And, and Linda, this is um, this is is common, right? So we talked about dementia um, earlier. When your world is super confusing, um, uh, then then some things that that you're accustomed to doing your whole life become um, anxiety provoking, or you become fearful of. And water uh, seems to be a trigger for some people uh, to trigger that anxiety and fear. So the whole notion behind uh, helping your mom um, 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 feel comfortable with a bath is, um, you know, I would advise you to use a trained uh, professional like at Assurance Home Care. We have caregivers who specialize in dementia um, and especially in areas of personal care and dementia and all the safety aspects around it. Because um, if your mom is anxious, she may be, uh, um, you know, even, even you know, if you're steps away from the bathtub, she may make a sudden movement that then puts her at risk for falls. And our caregivers are trained to deal with with anything that comes their their way in terms of those those unexpected um, um, behaviors, and so you know um, it, it's all about setting the stage and also talking your mom through it in a very calm way, uh, as far as um, letting her know what's coming up next. So part of what makes us all feel anxious is the unknown, and so so setting the stage with uh, uh, some conversation about what's coming up. So so if I was to walk through the process of a bath with your mom as a as a personal support worker working at assurance it would go something like this um you know say say your mom's mrs jones mrs jones it's time for your spa treatment i have the Mm -hmm. i have the spa ready all ready for you and i know you love the spa after that we're gonna we're gonna have your favorite lunch but first we're gonna go to the spa and then and then let's unbutton your shirt mrs jones i will do the top button can you help me with the rest you know, and see how she does and, and inviting her to participate. And then let's, uh, let's put some water on your toes. Can you tell me? Let's test it. How does that feel to you? And then see how she does, if she's warm, you know, if they, oh, that's nice and warm and she seems like she's warming up. Okay, Mrs. Jones, um, I'm going to hand you a washcloth. Can you help me? Can you wash your arms for me? And then engaging her in doing it herself, and then offering to Mrs. Jones, let me help me let let me help you with your your back. Um, I will give you a nice back massage, and then you know letting her know I'm almost finished. I'm going to fill up a cup now, and now we're going to lean your head back, and I'm going to massage your hair, 
And then if there's no resistance, you continue until the whole bath is done. And then and then you celebrate with that lunch at the end, <laughs> the favorite <laughs> lunch that you talked about. So something like that, that's how um, uh, our caregivers would approach that situation. Okay. So, Linda, thank you to you and uh, to our other anonymous listener for your questions. Uh, again, if you'd like to follow up on that or anything else, you can always get in touch with Assurance Home Care through their website, assurancehomecare.ca, or give them a call at their offices in Ottawa. It's 613-706-0411. In Toronto and Niagara, again, 647 370 1412. And uh, if you have any other questions for us, you can still email us questions at assurancehomecare.ca and we will get to them next week. Chris, thank you so much for talking about such a heavy but very important topic today about dementia. This is great. Thank you, Mel. It's always enjoyable to spend this time. (laughs) Absolutely. And we look forward to doing it again next time here on Care Talk with Assurance Home Care. Have a great day.